senior associate at the Crone Law Firm. Um, you can contact our firm by calling 901-737-7740. You can also check us out on our website, thecronelawfirmplc.com. Um, I'm a senior associate here, and I have been practicing in the field of personal injury for the past 10 years. And one of the things that we're going to talk about today is what to do if you've been in a car wreck. And, um, you know, a lot of times after a car wreck, there um, people are really shaken up. They're not sure what to do. They're not sure how to react. And there are a couple things that you can do just immediately after a collision that will help uh, help you if you need to pursue a claim for injuries um, later on. So the first thing you're going to want to do um, if you're the driver of the vehicle that is hit by another car is you're going to want to check to see if any of the other passengers in your vehicle are injured. And you're also going to want to check on yourself and see if you personally have been injured. And one thing that's important to note about um, injuries resulting from motor vehicle collisions is that they're not always immediately apparent. So a lot of times when you've been in a car wreck, your adrenaline is going to be flowing. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be excited. You might be upset that someone's hit you. You're probably feeling a flood of emotions. And other than just checking to see, okay, you know, am I breathing? Are my passengers breathing? Um, is there blood? Does anybody have broken bones? Those sort of things. It can be difficult beyond that kind of initial triage assessment to determine at that very moment if you have been injured or if someone else in your vehicle has been injured. So um, I would encourage you to just try to um, do a quick assessment of the scene and um, of course, if someone is severely injured, non-responsive, um, the first thing you're going to want to do is call 911 because it's important that you get um, the police on the scene. They can help you in terms of they will take a police report. They will take down your information. They will document who is in the car with you. They will take down uh, the information of the driver of the other vehicle. They will document who of anyone was in the other vehicle. And they'll also, you know, ask questions about how did the collision occur? And they will um, sometimes take photographs. They will also um, prepare a report that frequently has a diagram about um, how the collision happened. And, um, you know, it's important that you just do your best to remain calm and try to deal with any immediate and emergent uh, medical and physical injuries initially, and then after that point, kind of go through the process of speaking with the police. Um, the police will probably ask if you or anybody in your vehicle needs an ambulance. And that's really just going to depend, again, on the severity of the collision. Um, if there's a question about needing an ambulance, you are so much better off having the ambulance come to the scene, um, help you make an assessment about whether or not you need to go to the hospital. And um, a question that I frequently get is, you know, if I get to the hospital, well, what do I tell the hospital about the insurance in terms of who's going to pay for my hospital visit? So that's a really good question. But 
you're really better off in the long run is if whomever is injured has health insurance to use that health insurance. And you can insist that the hospital um, put your uh, treatment costs on your health insurance. And the reason that the health insurance is the best way to go is even if you're not at fault and the other vehicle is at fault, um, you're ultimately if there's a claim and it's resolved, then your health insurance will, will pay immediately uh, to your medical provider. And then the claim that is paid by the at-fault party, will part of that will go to reimburse your um, health insurance for anything that they paid on your behalf. Um, but as you probably know, using your health insurance is less expensive generally than paying out of pocket, particularly if you find yourself in the emergency room. Even if you have a high deductible plan um, with the cost associated with an emergency room visit, you're probably better off in the long run using your health insurance. Um, and that's true even if it's uh, Medicaid or Medicare. Um, you're going to want to use that health insurance um, when you present if you need to go to the hospital. So the other question I get um, asked sometimes about um, is, well, what if I didn't go to the emergency room or the hospital from the scene? Well, that's fine um, because, as we kind of mentioned earlier, a lot of times people, um, it can be very difficult to assess how injured you are directly in the aftermath of a collision. Um, because unless, you know, it's a, a very severe collision where people are unconscious or um, people are bleeding or having bro have broken bones, then a lot of times your body is going to experience an injury, but you're just not able to necessarily assess that at the moment that the collision occurs or directly after. And again, that's because your adrenaline is pumping and um, kind of all those emotions are flowing and the the way our bodies function is it just kind of puts um, those injuries which we typically associate with collisions such as whiplash um, or bruising soreness um, sometimes people have knee and ankle injuries they don't recognize immediately because they brace they may see the other car coming but not have time to respond so they may brace in the vehicle and that can lead to collision and another area where we unfortunately see some rather serious injuries that aren't initially diagnosed are um, traumatic brain injuries so we say we meet traumatic brain injury means um, that you've suffered a concussion. And if you think about it, um, it's not that surprising that in a collision you might suffer a concussion, um, particularly if the collision is one where it's a head-on collision or somebody is T-boned or even in a rear-end collision where the whiplash is severe enough. Um, we're seeing, um, we're recognizing now that um, even um, heading a ball during a soccer game can uh, change uh, brain development and can cause concussion. So if you can imagine that kind of impact could result in a concussion, you can also, um, it's not far-fetched to think that if you are hit by um, a moving vehicle, uh, that that's going to also uh, result in a serious injury in terms of a concussion. And the really sneaky things about concussions is, can be very difficult to recognize some of the symptoms of concussion um, until at least 36 or 48 hours later. And some of the things to look for, um, I am not a medical doctor, but I can tell you some of the general things to look for in terms of a concussion 
are um, headaches, forgetfulness, difficulty sleeping, um, problems focusing, having to repeat the same task. Those sort of things um, are good indicators of a concussion. And what you're going to want to do if you're starting to experience those symptoms or even increased soreness over a day or two after a collision is you're going to want to seek appropriate medical treatment. And that may be with your physician. That may be going to the emergency room. Um, but whatever seems appropriate given your particular circumstances, you're going to want to seek that treatment. And the sooner you seek that treatment, related to the timing of the collision, the more likely that um, the at-fault party is going to be responsible for that medical treatment. So let's talk about briefly what we mean when we say the at-fault party. Who is really paying here? In almost every car wreck case, uh, the check that's written to resolve the case or as a part of a judgment if the case is tried to a jury is paid by the insurance company. This is not something that is generally paid out of the at-fault driver's pocket. They are not necessarily personally responsible for making that payment. Um, and so I have, a lot of times I have people coming to me and say, well, I, you know, I don't want to cause an undue hardship to the person that hit me. And that's a really admirable position to have, um, but it's really not about causing them a hardship. It's about making the injured party whole. And the way we do that is through payment for uh, your physical injuries and your pain and suffering. And so the good thing to know about that is um, that in Tennessee, you're required to have insurance to drive a vehicle. And the insurance is generally the, the um, responsible party that is paying for uh, the injured parties. Um, damages. So you don't have to worry that you're necessarily going to be causing an undue hardship on the outfelt parties, um, family, or anything like that. The other thing to know about um, what to do in terms of a collision is, for instance, recently I know someone who was hit by um, a hit and run collision. And so the important thing to know about that is even if the at-fault party does not have insurance or they fled the scene, if you have insurance, um, you typically have what is called uninsured or underinsured motorist. And this is insurance coverage that is designed to protect you from other people who do not have insurance so that your claims can still have a way of seeking recovery. Um, and so that's something that I generally advise clients. Um, a lot of times people will come in and say, well, the other side, you know, the person that hit me did not have any uh, motor vehicle insurance. And so, you know, I say, well, do you have motor vehicle insurance? And, you know, the client will say, yes, I do. And I'll say, well, let's confirm that you have uh, uninsured motorists, which is generally in Tennessee is um, a package deal. If you've got uh, third party insurance, then you also have your uninsured motorist. And so you would use that. Um, basically, that uninsured motorist policy steps into the shoes of the at-fault driver. And that's how you can recover um, in a way, in a situation where you're either hit by someone that doesn't have insurance or you're um, or the person leaves the scene, or they don't have enough insurance coverage. Now, of course, the follow-up question I get about that is, well, won't this increase 
my insurance rates? And the answer to that question is, it is against the law in Tennessee for a motor vehicle insurer to charge you more money uh, because you have to make a claim on your insurance, an uninsured motorist claim. Now, what does happen is sometimes at the end of your contract, the um, insurer will try to increase your rates because you've had a claim. But in that case, what I advise people to do is shop around because there are a lot of good insurance companies that will give you an affordable rate. And so any um, increase that you might have to pay related to coverage when your contract ends, you can find other insurance that might even offer more coverage for uh, less. So don't be discouraged if you find yourself in that situation. Um, another question I get a lot is, well, how much money do I get for my pain and suffering? Um, how much can I expect to get compensated by for the insurance company? So pain and suffering is difficult to quantify. Um, and so it really just depends on the nature of your injuries. The more injured you are, in theory, the more pain and suffering that you would have. And generally, that's a decision that the members of the jury make if your case is taken all the way to trial. Um, and a jury is going to decide, well, uh, how much is that injury worth and how much pain and suffering did the person go through? So one thing, um, sometimes pain and suffering can be hard to identify because um, you you kind of have to compare what would your life was like before the collision to what your life was like after the collision. And one of the things that I encourage clients to do is to start keeping a diary about things that are going on, um, how their life has changed. Um, you know, for instance, I've had a client that had a pretty serious um, well, she had a shattered hip, and after her collision, she was um, a young mom, and, um, you know, she couldn't pick up her child, she had difficulty caring for her family, all those things. And sometimes it's hard to articulate those things, but if you keep a calendar, and if you, you know, write, like, you know, today I had to have a friend pick up my child from daycare because I can't lift him or her, and that's a great example of how um, your life has changed as a result of the collision. And that kind of emotional distress and um, additional logistical problems that people face in their lives because of a serious injury, um, that is all relevant to how injured you are and how much it's worth. So if you can document those things, you're in a lot better position to show the seriousness of your injury and how that impacted you. Um, so another question I get is, is it worth it to have a lawyer? Will the lawyer help me get a better result than what I can negotiate with uh, for the insurance company? And my answer to that question is, if you've got the right lawyer, the right lawyer should develop your case and build your case in a way that any money that you would have to pay for your attorney's fees is going to be outweighed by the amount of money going to you in your pocket for your injuries and for your pain and suffering to make you whole. And so the idea is that um, if your attorney is good at his or her job, if they work diligently on your case, then they should be able to increase any offer that you would get from your uh, from the insurance company by managing uh, the situation on your own.
And so that would really help you to um, get a better result. And the, essentially the attorney's work should pay for itself and it should increase the amount of money that you're going to see ultimately in the resolution um, of your claim. Because the idea is to be able to put you back um, in the same position that you were in before the collision occurred and to make you um, whole for your injuries. And again, um, one of the unfortunate things that happens in motor vehicle collisions or other types of injuries is a person may have difficulty um, getting back to their regular everyday life. And, um, you know, that is what the law allows for is to payment money to try to help the person, you know, compensate them for the differences in their life before a collision and after a collision. Um, unfortunately, um, sometimes there is no amount of money that is going to really make a person whole and put them back. Even millions of dollars um, might not really compensate someone for what they have been through. But it's the best way that the law has to try to make a situation right. Um, although, unfortunately, it does um, sometimes fall short in making a person whole. But it's the best way that our legal system has to compensate you for your injury. So another question that we get sometimes is how long do you have to make a claim for your injury after a motor vehicle collision? In Tennessee, we have what's considered to be a relatively short statute of limitations. Statute of limitations is essentially the drop dead deadline that you have to file a lawsuit to keep your claim alive. Okay. And this is very important because if you're dealing with the insurance company directly, um, one of the things that um, clients can sometimes inadvertently do and not realize is they think because they have talked to the insurance company, they have made a quote unquote claim with the insurance company. They think, well, I have stopped the statute of limitations from running. But making a claim with the insurance company is not the same thing as filing a lawsuit. So, what steps do you need to take to file a lawsuit? Most people at the time they need to file a lawsuit will hire an attorney to do that for them because it is very tricky to navigate the legal system um, without making a fatal error in your case. And particularly the process of filing a lawsuit and serving the at-fault party or the insurance company for the at-fault party, um, it can make it very difficult um, and can actually be fatal to your case. So in Tennessee, you have one year from the date of the injury to do that. Um, and again, that's completely separate from calling the insurance company, letting them know there's been a collision, making a claim on the insurance company, whether it's your uninsured motorist or whether it is um, your the at-fault party's insurance company. That just will not suffice. It does not get you across the goal line. So that's why it is always in your best interest to talk to an attorney um, and have them available to help you as you proceed through the process. So um, in Mississippi, um, they have a more generous statute of limitations. So they have a three-year statute of limitations in Mississippi within which you can file a lawsuit. Now, another wrinkle associated with the statute of limitations is who hits you, okay? So we're talking about a different statute of limitations in Mississippi and Tennessee 
if you have been hit by someone who is working for the federal government. So where do we see this a lot? Uh, believe it or not, uh, post work, postal workers um, get in a lot of car collisions and probably because they're having to do a lot of different tasks at a time. But uh, that is filed under the Federal Tort Claims Act and there's actually um, a much shorter statute of limitations under the Federal Tort Claims Act. So if you are hit by a driver for uh, the U.S. Post Office. I've had a situation where a client was hit for a, hit by a driver uh, who was working for the federal census. Um, so all that is a little bit different. And again, this is just another example of why you're going to want to contact an attorney who knows these things and is not just someone who is practicing personal injury law um, without any real experience because it'd be very easy for an inexperienced attorney in personal injury law to believe that you would have a year after, uh, for instance, in Tennessee, if you were hit by a census worker uh, to file a claim. And that is just absolutely not true. It is a much shorter time period when uh, anybody for the federal government is involved. So, um, that's just another example of why it's important to get an attorney involved. And the other thing is, the sooner you get an attorney involved, the, the better off you are because evidence disappears. Um, things disappear, they become harder to get. Um, it can be difficult even to get a police report sometimes. Um, evidence gets lost. Um, you may obtain the police report, but you may not realize that at the scene, a lot of times the police actually take photographs as well. So it's great to get those photographs. And if you're able to at the scene, you can take photographs. And if you're going to take your own photographs, which a lot of people do now um, using their phone, you're just going to want to make sure you get photos of your car, the at-fault party's car. You're going to want to make sure you get kind of a, a full-blown photo of the entire scene so you can so you can show kind of the positioning of the cars in relation to one another. You're, if you have any injuries, you're going to want to take photos of those injuries. All that can be very, very helpful. Um, also, we are seeing more and more of situations where uh, people have dash cams uh, on their cars, particularly if you're hit by a commercial vehicle. Um, a lot of commercial vehicles are now equipped with dash cams, so it may have captured the entire collision. And the, um, the bad news is you don't have a way to force the at-fault party, if there is a dash cam, to give that up without filing a lawsuit. But again, this is where it's advantageous to have an attorney because an attorney can take the appropriate steps to file a lawsuit and obtain that dash cam. There are also um, digital recorders in commercial vehicles, particularly 18-wheelers and truckers that um, kind of record the speed of the vehicle, what direction it was traveling, all those things and all those events. And occasionally there are situations where in serious car wrecks where your attorney is going to need to bring in an accident reconstructionist expert. And we have experience dealing with those experts and uh, knowing the appropriate cases to bring the experts in on um, and um, how, how to work with those experts in a way that maximizes your case and helps you get the absolute best results. Um, and so those are just some of the things you're going to want to think about um, if you have been involved in a motor vehicle collision. So um, 
I think we've covered about um, most of the questions that we have for today. Again, the insurance company, their goal is to pay you as little as possible. And a good attorney who is working for you, who has your best interest at heart, and who is willing to put forth the time and effort in your case uh, to do the legwork, should be able to increase the value of your case to increase not only what the insurance company would be offering you, what you would be getting, but also to cover his or her fee. So I appreciate your time today. If you have questions or concerns about what to do after a car wreck, you need to call the Crone Law Firm. Uh, you can ask for me. My name is Laura Bailey. Um, I've been practicing in the area of personal injury for 10 years, and I've worked on a lot of variety of car wreck cases. And I'd be happy to talk to you about your case and see um, how we could help you to get the best result under your circumstances.